0: This is year two thousand and eight, January tenth, on the lock forum panel discussion. Let me turn this over to our session co chair, uh, Mark Wine and Rex Brooke. Uh, all yours, Mark. Good
1: afternoon, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here and I wanna say uh a great welcome to our friends and colleagues and uh special thanks to Peter Yim for his <laughs> excuse me for his usual uh, efficiency, and, uh, and, and effectiveness in providing you with this knowledge-sharing collaboration. Uh, as well as I want to thank our, our panelists and co-chair, Rex Brooks, Saul Rosenberg, and Mike Cummins for providing their subject matter expertise on lessons learned in the cutting-edge advances toward semantic interoperability and the applications of ontology tools. Let's get things started. Uh, I'll be here until 2 p.m., where I need, unfortunately, to depart this group to go to an, another group uh, on cross agency biosurveillance that I'm working on here. Um, so I'll turn the, the reins over, the chair over to uh, Rex Brooks at that time at 2 p.m. in about 20 minutes. Uh, I'm going to provide some introductory remarks and uh establish a background um, which I think will be unusual and uh stimulating as I'm usually as I usually try to do in providing um uh thought provoking ideas uh in the context of our uh three panelists uh in the spirit of the campaign season the newest thing in presidential politics is neuroscience certainly a hot topic uh, and uh, deep dive matters uh, of expertise of uh, Saul Rosenberg, who's going to speak with everybody uh, about the uh, details and strategies for um, using semantic interoperable uh, data repositories for treating um, the vital problem emerging in post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic traumatic brain injury. Uh, particularly among military service members returning from war, as well as expanding to PTSD and TBI across the society. So driven by new research that suggests monitoring voters' brains, pupils, and pulses uh, may be more effective than listening to what they say, MEM Sense uh, is one of a cottage industry uh, marketing firms Across the country, uh, that are pitching their services to presidential campaigns. Uh, Seattle's Lucid Systems is temp- are trumpeting a biofeedback program that tracks brain waves, pupil dilation, perspiration, and face- facial muscle movements. And a Chicago company uh, says it is uh, talking to campaigns about its voice analysis technology, which is used in insurance fraud cases. Finally, uh... in this domain uh... drew weston a clinical psychologist at emory university who has used brain scans to study voters recently launched western strategies a consultancy that promises to help clients understand the neural networks one of dr rosenberg's favorite topics that he'll uh... expand on uh... that govern political behavior Well, we're not as concerned about political behavior on this call uh, but that's an example of how we need to use advanced semantic and ontological tools to uh, translate terminologies that are used in electronic health record databases, uh, perhaps uh, providing information, genera- exchanging information directly off the body's physiological responses, measuring them, and uh, sending those uh, um, Translations of those uh, markers, if you will, or indicators uh, into electronic health records in ubiquitous fashion, anywhere, anytime, for use Mark, in
0: Mark. treating. Yeah. Mark, may I interrupt? Uh, sure. Can you tell us what slide number you are on now? Yeah, and- I'm.
1: I'm. I'm just. I'm going to leave those slides out there for folks to um, to review yeah. on the side, and I'm just going to say a few more words about. Uh, distinctive innovation like the one I just described,
0: and then introduce our fellows. I see. So when you go into the slide deck, then uh, would you prompt us on what, uh, what slide number? And right. for the uh, participants, uh, if you refresh your session page, uh, near the top there are links to the four sets of slides. Uh, Named one two three four uh, wine uh, Rosenberg Cummins and Brooks, uh, and if you click on that, you would be able to open up those slides on your own desktop and follow the queue of the speakers to the slide number. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned that a little earlier. Oh, back to you, Mark. Sorry for okay. the interruption. Um
1: as, as I as I move through uh, just setting this up. Um, I'm going to uh, refer people, and ahead of time they can uh, go to uh, slide, 14, uh, slide uh, 15 in my deck. Coming up to that, um, I want to uh, refer to um, the, uh, the definition of distinctive innovation because I think what you'll hear from our three experts uh, points to the direction that we're heading in the health, IT, and informatics field public and private collaborations toward distinctive innovations where semantic interoperable software and ontology tools will be absolutely pertinent to enabling advances uh, coming out of uh, electronic health exchanges and record systems and networks. Um, uh, For example, quickly, uh, Thomas Edison, uh, if you think, invented the light bulb you're incorrect um it was henrik Globel, a german watchmaker who invented the first true light bulb he used a carbonized bamboo filament used uh placed inside a gas bulb uh... henry woodward and matthew evans patented Globel's uh... invention in eighteen seventy five and the creation of the first light bulb was clearly a breakthrough innovation Edison bought the patent from Woodward Nevins and, and tinkered with the design until he invented a carbon filament that allowed the electric light bulb to burn for 40 hours. Then he continued to improve his light bulb until 1880, in which it could uh, could last for over 1,200 hours. The first step toward widespread use. Uh, Global invented the light bulb as a breakthrough innovation. Uh, but it was Edison who provided the distinctive inno- innovation—the distinctive innovation that resulted in the light bulb becoming a ubiquitous lighting device around the world. Um, I want to highlight that two or more things are distinct of the um, uh, of uh, distinct here. Innovation is the introduction of new ideas, goods, services, and practices that are intended to be useful. Distinctive innovation is the use is the process is the process of using a rigorous methodology to improve something a process to improve something a process procedure product or invention that results in a distinctly different outcome than the original distinctive innovation in healthcare means liberating the potential of people by giving them the tools to, and support to do their jobs better which may mean redesigning broken processes that lead to so many errors like medical delivery processes or drug, prescription drug administration processes or miscommunications or miscues as a result of lack of understanding of common terminologies used, uh, in healthcare delivery or between biomedical, uh, research and healthcare delivery, for example, which is where our three speakers are going to point the direction. The fuel and tools to to support distinctive innovation are knowledge, resources, and wisdom. The nationwide health information technology um, mission, turning to page uh, slide 15 of my set, are being generated through the process of health IT sharing and collaboration. On the cutting edge is the Federal Health Information Exchange, one-way transfer of health data from DOD to VA, the bidirectional health information exchange, two-way exchange of viewable data, and Cheddar, the synchronized data between uh, DOD clinical data repositories and the health data repository of the VA, where they're going to be transferring data from, from, from the two agencies and technologies such as robotic surgery in the future, perhaps such as transmitting radiographic images or imaging through health grid environments collaboratively as distinctive innovations where knowledge, resources, and wisdom will be created intuitively through the processes, through the systems that will use semantic interoperability ontology tools, such as natural language processing. I want to ask, with that background, imagine a healthcare care system where primary care physicians have access to your specialty medical information and specialists have access to your primary care information via interconnected smart EHRs that can be facilitated through semantic tools that are integrated with personal e-health service providers. And delivered directly to a multi purpose intelligent mobile digital device that can be carried in one 's pocket, this is the world we are about to enter in the next five to ten years with the build out of the nationwide health network. with that introduction i 'll leave the rest of my slides to you to review I want to say, I want. i'd like to 'd like uh, you to meet uh, uh, Rex Brooks who has been working diligently on developing uh semantic and ontology tools that uh would be applied to emergency medicine and disaster response situations and bioterrorist events should that occur using mapping and situational awareness techniques Files with Starborn Communications, uh, with Starborn Communications. Mike Cummins, who has worked with Northrop Grumman in the NHIN arena, uh, has developed innovative concepts and in architecture for terminology, uh, services bureau and web services directories where ubiquitous online Real-time collaboration can occur in a broad, way, a broad over a broad array of applications, in a service-oriented architecture environment. And finally, we'll hear from Saul Rosenberg, clinical psychologist with the University of San Francisco, uh, whom I met in Washington in March of 2007. And within about 12 weeks, Saul had uh, succeeded in being connected to the point in Washington where he testified, delivered information before at least two congressional committees on Capitol Hill, and has been working with a host of um, collaborators developing solutions using semantics and ontologies um, both in the United States and Canada with that introduction I'll turn things over to our panel.
0: Okay, Rex. Rex Brooks. You're on. Um, so you wanted to say a few words. Uh I I had the order of uh Saul coming up next. Uh Okay, excuse
1: me. We'll, we'll go with Saul. Thank you for uh reminding me.
0: Oh. All right. I uh let's try to bring up Saul's uh, slides and uh Saul is online.
2: Uh I'm here.
3: Okay. Uh Peter, do you have me coming Mike comments here? Do you have me coming up uh after Saul or coming up last?
0: Uh, uh it's up to the p- panel yourself. Uh Rex, do you want to uh, switch places with uh Mike? Uh, the fact that you might need to leave, or even if you want to come before Saul.
4: Hello, Peter. Yes. This is Rex. I'm sorry, but I keep getting dropped. My phone line keeps, you know, going busy. Gotta get a busy signal. I'll do my best here, but I'm I'm afraid I'm I'm going to be very unreliable.
0: Right. Uh, did Did you say you have to leave? Do you want to go first?
4: I, I do want to go first, while I have a, and, and if I drop off, I'll call back as quick as I possibly can.
0: All right. Uh, okay. Let's try to bring. Uh, let's uh, let's all bring up Rex Brooks slides, which is.
2: to go,
4: Peter?
0: Yes, uh, I'm ready. Okay, great. On so,
4: focus on here. your last slide number. Uh, we're starting on slide one, and uh, I represent a small group of companies that are mostly involved with emergency management and emerging IT for notification, alerts, and warnings. This group formed in early 2005 to demonstrate networking, warning, and location-based services at the semantic web applications for national security conference that was held in April 2005. So we were not initially concerned with health IT issues as much as emerging semantic web concerns. The need to coordinate our services led us to identify web service registry repositories as the framework we would use. It became apparent that the critical needs in almost all emergency situations occurred in the intersection between emergency management and health care. So, as we were examining these areas, we were led to identify the main gaps in IT and network support for response operations. This slide identifies the needs that our group are still aiming to meet. Over the last several years, we have identified one more extremely critical need. This is the need for guidance in evaluating standards, ontologies, and taxonomies, the need for guidance in developing applications that use these resources, and the need for guidance in using these applications or services together in concert. This is particularly important in aggregations of services across organizations. I think we lost
0: Rex. We lost lost Rex. When he gets back on, I also would need to get him to uh, pick up the handset because he's sort of uh, sounding a little distant.
1: Also, Peter, as I mentioned, I need to uh, go to my other call in just about four minutes. Yes. Uh Rex hey, will hand over
5: the we'll, I'll take the,
1: the co-chair.
0: Yeah,
1: we. Yeah,
5: hey, uh, Peter. Point of order while while we're paused here, please. This is Adrian Walker. Um, yes. I tried to download Saul Rosen. Yes.
0: Adrian? We lost you in the middle of your conversation.
1: It must be the rainstorms from California.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's at, at least in all California we're, we're was, almost back to normal. Yeah, um, we've got lots of problems in California where I am. Uh, Adrian seemed to be saying that he was about to say that he was having trouble downloading my slides. Okay. Uh, I would suggest he refreshes the page and try again. Okay.
0: Yeah. He might have logged onto the page while I was still working on uploading the slides, and and that might have been it. Uh, th-
2: this is this is Saul. Uh, while we're uh, waiting for uh, Rex, I'd I'd like to just pick up where uh, Mark Wine uh, uh, left off. Sure. Please. Just highlight a couple of uh, the important issues that he was talking about. Very good. Go, Sal. Very good. Um, you know, th- there are a lot of uh, tremendous uh, advances going on in, in medicine and in neuroscience and in uh, neuropsychology and psychology. Um, the, the problem is that the field of psychology and behavioral science has not really participated in the field of, of biomedical informatics, and so we're we're in a position where we're actually gathering knowledge very rapidly, but um, we don't really have the terminologies or controlled vocabularies or, or ontologies to um, create interoperable systems at this point. What Uh, A psychologist in New York means by depressed mood could be something entirely different than what a psychiatrist in California means by depressed mood. And so the the whole field of of, of mental health and neuroscience with regard to terminologies and semantic interoperability is literally 20 years behind where where physical medicine is. And so... um, What's, what's needed is for the ontology community, the, the people on this call and, and your colleagues, to um, participate in really kind of almost starting from scratch um, the development of terminologies and ontologies and, and uh, tools for semantic interoperability in the mental health and behavioral health areas. Um, So let me make this more specific and pick up where, again, what Mark was talking about. Um, We have um, fantastic recording devices for identifying uh, cognitive, emotional, and psychological states. Uh, We have physiological recording. We have um, uh, functional MRI. Um, we, We have these fabulous tools most of the scientific data that's being collected using those tools is locked away in scientific, uh, statistical databases. So the analogy to the silo problem in, um, in, in information technology in general, the, 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 the analogy in, in behavioral health is that the silos are, Different um, statistical databases that do not communicate with each other. So, one psychologist will use. I need to drop off now. Okay, thanks, Mark. Uh, can I keep going here until Rex? Yes, please. Uh, actually, if uh,
0: Rex does not show up in another minute or so, actually, maybe we should hey,
2: we should jump to to Mike. Right, right. We meeting. we should. Jump to okay.
0: same, Mike.
2: Yeah, I will be, go I'll ahead be, and dial in made my, my point, and, and Mike, uh, I'm happy to turn it over to you. Go go ahead, uh, Saul. Wait, I, I, I'm saying uh, that's my main introductory point, and since Mike may have to leave, I'm happy to turn it over to Mike at this point. All right, uh, let me... You to uh, call.
3: dial in on a reliable
0: wind line here in just a second. All right, okay. <laughs> Maybe we need you to make one more remark while uh, Mike is calling back in. Saul? So sure. Sure.
2: Um, we'll not get to your wisdom. <laughs> um, as as... As I understand it, there, there are really uh, you know, a large number of, of standards organizations that are dealing with ontologies and, and semantic interoperability. And um, the question I have for, for this group is, wh- where, do, where will we get the most leverage? L- l- let's say that I, I, I want to spearhead a project where I'm going to develop uh, terminologies and ontologies for uh, mental and behavioral health. Um, of, of all the various uh, standards and coding systems, where's, pro- where's the best place to start? Um, none of them are adequate. Uh, I'm talking about things like SNOMED CT, um, um, the various diagnostic manuals in psychiatry, uh, ICD-9. Uh, there's no granularity in those systems. Of the kind that's needed to describe psychological functioning, and so the the, the you know the question I, I have for your community, which I'm just joining, and I'm really a beginner at, is um, I I need kind of some uh, guidance and advice about of of the various uh, coding systems and terminologies. Where, where's the best place to begin to Develop a behavioral health informatics and a behavioral health uh, ontology, and so I'm, I'm I'm throwing that out now as a, as a question to the participants and the listeners. Great question.
0: Let's save that
2: to the uh, open discussion
0: and hopefully someone as one of the participants or maybe several of our participants can offer some insights. Mike, are you back?
3: I am back on. i be speaking about uh, lessons learned in the medical
6: informatics. The bulk of it the- is that you don't move while you uh,
3: speak. The Defense Department's um, also electronic health record system, Uh, I've also done work in the private sector with SNOMED CT implementation and legacy terminology migration to uh, SNOMED CT. And finally, I've done extensive uh, work in the computerized physician order entry area as part of uh, electronic health record implementation. Uh, Slide two, please. Um, This is a summary of lessons learned in this work. Uh, One of them, Probably more important ones is the uh, impact of lack of definitions in any of the terminology systems. Uh, Second area is the quite differing and often implicit information models in use in different systems. Um, A third area of concern has been the ontological weaknesses in um, a number of reference and legacy terminologies. Quality and quality of quality assurance of work in this area both in terms of um, the approach and the actual uh, implementation. And finally, a major implementation concern has been communication issues across the uh, team.
0: Uh, In regard to definitions, um, Uh,
3: terminology that's probably been used most extensively for um, interoperability has been SNOMED-CT. And as with most other terminologies in use, there is a lack of explicit definitions of concepts and, to to a lesser extent, the relationships between the concepts. Uh, The meaning is often implied by the lexical sense, the common usage of the preferred term or of synonym terms, or perhaps uh, on a more sophisticated level by the position of the term in the concept or terminology hierarchy. Uh, And finally, an issue in healthcare, and as Saul alluded to probably also in um, psychology, is that experts often know the definition of a term or meaning of um, information being represented. On slide three, partial solution is provided by SNOMED-CT in the use of a formal description logic. One example would be the concept of appendicitis. And SNOMED-CT appendicitis is fully defined by two relationships. It's defined by, actually by three, it's defined as being a disorder which has an associated morphology of inflammation and which has a anatomic finding site of appendix structure. Uh, Fully defined concepts such as this may reduce the need for a test definition in the system. The great difficulty in actual implementation at this point is that many of the entities in Summit CT are lacking in a full description logic definition. Uh, I would estimate that about half of the medical pool a full description logic definition. Slide five. Second area of concern is that of the information model, or as SNOMED CT would indicate, um, the one aspect of the information model, the uh, disorder context. SNOMED CT primarily presents a description of the concepts that exist in the area of knowledge involving healthcare. The actual implementation of these concepts in an electronic health record requires the implicit or explicit use of a context model. Uh, an example would be simply uh, asking the question how do the codes that occur in an electronic health record system from SLOM CT relate to the particular patient in question. Is the code for the uh, disorder diabetes a code that refers to the patient who is subject of the record having the uh, – that refer to the parent of that patient? Or perhaps if uh, the code were a code for anemia, is it the patient who is – the uh, pregnant woman who has anemia, or is it a reference to the fetus being carried by the pregnant woman, who has the uh, disorder of anemia? Additional attributes that uh, are important are uh, temporality: is this current problem, or is it a problem that occurred in the past and is ongoing, or that uh, occurred in the past and is resolved? Is this a uh, positive statement? Presence of a condition or a affirmative negation that such a condition has been not to exist. Um, Mortal status, such as a probable diagnosis, a well diagnosed, a planned surgery. is uh, certainly an issue in clinical documentation for the system, is the body. Severe, challenging um, attribute the the uh, course of a disease or the stages that these might be in, such as um, a malignant lesion, a malignant skin lesion, a batik a malignant skin lesion. Uh, Slide six, um, Second aspect of the, the inflammation model's concerns um, in the terminology of uh, pre-coordination and post-coordination Essentially pre-coordination is used to, refer to a established um necessary context and post coordination refers to the combining different concepts to express a more complex or a restricted sense of one concepts. Uh, there are some significant differences in the inconsistent implementation of post-coercion and also of the context model in Snowball T. But the important is consistent in the implementation of context model in legacy terminologies and other terminology systems. Slide 7. The number of ontologic weaknesses that have been identified in CT, um, a significant one on the implementation side is uh, confusion in the hierarchy of disorders. So the types um, are somewhat confused. There is a situation where there's overuse. The is a relationship, and finally the anatomical is uh often a source of confusion in the implementation of SNOMED CT to support interoperability. Slide eight, um, in clinical <laughs> practice, many use cases rely on some sort of clinical disorders. A clinical decision support engine, for example, may state that um, a certain bug is contraindicated in or is educated in hematology or cancer disorders. And it's very useful to have a straightforward, reliable, hierarchical subsumption of these disorders. The use of medications in clinical vision support presents rare complications in that Medications can be classified along a number of different hierarchies, It can be a classification by chemical structure, a classification by physiologic effect in the body, or a classification by therapeutic in clinical practice. And up to the point in time, there's a great deal of difficulty in clarifying the nature of these and additional hierarchies in the separate version of hierarchical structures along these lines in a uh, strictly logical system. The additional implementation issue is that a strictly uh, logical uh, law well, may not reflect what seems to be the clinical view that domain experts would bring to the uh, implementation process and that end users may actually encounter in the actual process of medicine. In fact, the end result of this confusion is that exceptions are often made to the hierarchical subsumption during imputation of smed This leads to a um, location of exclusionary relationships from the hierarchy, and as these um, exclusions are remedied in the source, um, terminology, such as SNOMED ct when versions, version control becomes extremely difficult as the exceptions that were previously you know, no longer need to be resolved, and the string of all the changes needs to be maintained. Um, active type confusion is another area of, for example, there's a distinction between disorder and morphology. General disorder would refer to the clinical syndrome, its symptoms and course. Morphology would refer to the cellular findings on pathologic exam of a specimen relevant to the disease. So a uh, carcinoma could be a morphology for a kind of cancer. There's often a uh, clinical practice and in terminologies and overlap and how these terms are to represent disorders and morphology. Uh, and there's somewhat of a lack of definition it's known to um, provide clarity to implement on the distinction in disorder and morphology. Following such as uh, symptoms and the results of physical exam observable which uh, are similar types of Observations of the, the are also an area of confusion, perhaps on the of um, the design on the, the design of the and are certainly a point of confusion during the implementation of these structures in medical record systems. Just... Finally, the issue of uh, is uh, overload. Um, in the view of many, in ontology the world, there is a clear distinction between the relationship of is a class something versus is a part of something, such in an anatomical relationship versus is contained in, such as uh, perhaps blood being contained within the cardiovascular system, but not the atomic part of the cardiovascular system nor a class of Cardiovascular system. Again, there's some confusion on the side of the uh, reference terminology, and these are difficult areas for those implementing uh, selectivity of their uh, um, vocabulary systems to that um, correctly and consistently and translate into use clinical systems. Slide 11: uh, The area of, again is another area of for mentors to comprehend. SNOME he has implemented a SEP um model, which is for structure, entire part. And for example, the entries regarding the enemy of the head would refer to the entire hand, hand, structure hand, structure of left hand, structure of right hand. This has been done to facilitate uh, Maintenance of a part of relationships within CT. The use of ISA relationships and has been done as um, a way to facilitate automated error checking, automated navigation structure. It does support that quite well, but it does leave the mapping to the terminology systems to realize where A map the entire hand versus map to hand structure versus map to in part is appropriate. And a similar issue that is to the current has been the distinction between uh, an anatomic region versus the surface area of that atomic region. So when one refers to shoulder region, uh, there's a distinction between that atomic region, which is perhaps a three dimensional region, versus the anatomic surface area, which is a two dimensional structure. Slide 12. the key area of difficulty has been um, recognizing and dealing with the limiting of one mapping of concepts from one terminology to another. Uh, equivalent relationships are fairly straightforward. Narrower than relationships can often be mapped in as new York, but raises the question how do the narrower concepts differ from the parallel concept and how do several um, concepts mapped in as narrower to the same concept differ from each other and are they maintained as the non-overlapping concepts from each other. Uh, mapping, a uh, concept being as broader than to make, but raises some difficult issues in terms of maintaining the um, ontologic structure. And finally, the use of other relationships um, introduces quite a bit of bias and difficulty in terms of computability. Slide 13, um, quality assurance is a quite important Aspect of implementation, it's often difficult to able to solicit adequate funding for quality assurance. Uh, We are dealing in some cases with hundreds of thousands or more, sometimes in the millions of concepts, with correspondingly uh, large number relationships those concepts. This type of is very different form without automated tools, where automated tools, um, some implementations of automated tools rely on a formal, logical definition or description of the concepts and relationships. In the case of Slumber NTT, a full definition of description logic would enable automated error checking The ability to do automated error checking is limited by the percentage of um, constants that are entered a fully defined description logic definition. And at this point in time, again, with 40 to 60 percent implementation of full definition and description logic, uh, automated error checking is slide 14. Communication is a very difficult and often underestimated issue with uh, implementation to support interoperability. Uh, most teams will use a medical rat a uh, domain expert, usually a physician or a nurse or other practitioner in the field without formal informatics or um, logic training, and software developers will be needed to actually implement um, the terminology, sport interoperability, and perhaps an all may be available to consult. But each of these personnel bring different perspectives and different um,
6: approach,
3: say, information to play. They all have different ways of communicating, and significant difficulties arise to communicate between them. This often comes into play in terms of use and design of specific tools to facilitate implementation of the terminology. I'd like to briefly present on slide 15 um, some suggestions and possible solutions without um, delving very into these at this time. Um, a key support for uh, providing these solutions would be improvement in the ontologic base of the terminologies in use. Um, it's not really key, for example, increased implementation of description law definitions would be quite helpful. Um, possible text definitions as those uh, encouraged and required, I believe, in the OBO project would be quite helpful. Uh, an improvement in the SNORS-T hierarchy would greatly simplify the, um, mapping of legacy terminologies and implementing clinical uh, decision support systems and would greatly simplify the changes involved in, uh, version control and meaning, um, historical, um adaptation of change. Also also uh, domain experts about uh, proper practices would be very helpful and can support the uh, improved ontologic basis in the terminology. The information in the model is very often underappreciated in the uh, implementation of standardized terminologies into health record systems. There very often are implicit assumptions of the information model that are nowhere stated explicitly. This leads to difficulty in uh, assessing the information model, and this further compounds the problem of map one information model in one system to the information model in another. Much of this work could be simplified by creating uh, mapping tools to support interoperability. When we come to the um, actual implementation of systems such as Moment-CT, several tools could be quite helpful. Maybe it should be tripped, The export domain expert is doing mapping or integration to specified syncytic types be helpful. For example, um, one of I've dealt with in the past was a mismodeling the main experts of the um, legacy germ um, gonorrhea and mapping the, the organ and gonococcus not to the disorder of gonorrhea infection, a tool that would be able to restrict exposure of the experts to the proper types for a given um, task would be helpful. And a similar situation with limiting um the amount of information in legacy terminology LMED CT terminology, so limiting these two medical special subsets could be helpful for the uh, domain experts particular specialty subsets and with that, I will conclude and um, invite uh, Saul to start his presentation.
0: Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, so, uh, let, let's check if Rex is back. Rex? Oh, unfortunately. So Rex isn't back. Uh, so we'll move on to, uh, Dr. Rosenberg's, uh, presentation. Uh, and, uh, let's open up his deck of slides, uh, which is marked, uh,
2: to, uh, Rosenberg. Okay, has everyone uh, got the slides? I've got it on the shared screen. Okay, excellent. Um, I started off with uh, a a rather dramatic uh, title and a very specific true story to drive home the the seriousness seriousness of of the problem. Uh, Can you well, hold, hold up, okay. up a little? Stop Stop a little. Uh, uh, uh,
0: probably, probably someone who's uh, uh, online with a uh, voice uh, over, voice IT over IT. IT. is introducing a lot of acro. Um, so if uh, uh, everyone except, except for a if you would put yourself on mute uh, with a star too, uh, I would appreciate it
2: if you aren't already. So... Uh, this is Saul again. Uh, yeah, I'm All right, getting great. a lot of echo, but this sounds much better. Is it? Yes. Is this okay, Peter? Yes, this is great. Go ahead. So, you know, I started off with um, a dramatic title and a dramatic uh, true story to, um, you know, really put a, a face on, on this problem. Um, a soldier died because of lack of interoperable uh, records I mean it's a terrible tragedy. and um, a huge part of the pro- I mean there are so many different problems related to this. Um, but a, a major part of the problem is is um, uh, probably a, a societal um, bias and fear. Of anything having to do with um, the mind and um, mental disorders, and um, the, the the problem in medicine is that psychiatry always kind of has been a stepchild of medicine, and kind of always gets comes into the picture um, very late in 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 the history of medicine and the history of science and. There is a a kind of a widespread myth that somehow uh, psychological phenomena are inherently um, subjective and uh, therefore cannot be reliably or validly measured compared to uh, physical medicine where things can be objectively measured. And that's the first myth we have to dispel because... um, The technology of psychological testing and assessment is very advanced now. And psychologists can diagnose depression as accurately as um, dentists can diagnose uh, cavities and physicians can diagnose lung cancer. Um, Those are subjective judgments, too, made by clinicians. The problem is that um, these various worlds are just not talking to each other. Uh, medicine is not doing a good, a good enough job of talking to um, psychology and psychiatry. And um, the biomedical informatics community, uh, by and large, has completely ignored mental and behavioral health. Um, the result of this is uh, that if we have difficulties with ontologies and, and terminologies in medicine, uh, they're, they're greatly magnified in, in mental health. So let's you know let's look at this story. Um, this soldier uh, on the battlefield uh, complained of uh, suicidal thoughts. He was sent to um, a hospital in Germany, the U S. Army hospital there. He was sent back to the states. He shows up at the uh, Madigan VA hospital, complaining of suicidal thoughts. Uh, the Madigan people, for whatever reason, was, were either not able to access the record or didn't access it, uh, turned him away, and he left and killed himself. Um, so how, how are we going to resolve problems like this? Well, um, if, if, if you uh, look at the, um, the way mental disorders are, are, are diagnosed today, um, they're, prob- they're primarily diagnosed using um, the manual uh, published by the American Psychiatric Association called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of uh, Mental Disorders, uh, which is uh, abbreviated DSM and there are various versions. Now we're in DSM-4 with some text revisions, but it, we're basically in DSM-4. And DSM-4 will give criteria for depression. So let's say the criteria for depression are um, the person feels hopeless, they feel helpless, they have depressed mood, they're not sleeping well, they feel that life has no meaning, um, they wish they were dead, and so on. But there's no actual code in the diagnostic manual for suicidal thoughts, feelings, intentions, plans, or risk. So we know if if we... Let's go to a conditional probability model. The probability that someone will commit suicide is increased if they are depressed. We don't know exactly how much it's increased, but we know compared to people who aren't depressed, depressed people commit suicide at a higher rate the non-depressed people. So we can agree on the terminology for depression, but there's absolutely no agreement at all about suicidal risk, suicidal thoughts, suicidal intentions. So uh, one question I had, which I started with before, and this would really piggyback on on uh, Mike Cummins' comments, are: is is snowmed CT? Even usable for this purpose, or do we need to start some? Do we need to start somewhere else? Are there are are, are there terminologies, um, uh, ontologies, controlled vocabularies, anything in this area that would particularly lend itself to the description of mental states? And you know, my preference would be to use systems that are already out there in use like SNOMED CT um, and to try and and work within that system. Um, But I have a question about whether something different is going to be needed than what SNOMED CT offers. So that's a question I have out to the community, to Mike in particular and uh, to the community. Let me uh, go through uh, the rest of these slides. Um, The um, the, the need for um, a health information exchange is, is, is widely acknowledged. I mean, everyone agrees that we need a better job in, in sharing health uh, information. And what I'm trying to bring to the table is to put the word mental in front of the health information exchange. Um, it's astonishing to me. So uh, to my uh, informatics colleagues, um, uh, probably the best standard textbook in the field, as far as I can see, is um, uh, Biomedical Informatics um, by Shortcliffe and his colleagues. It's in its third edition now. Um, It's an 800-page textbook on bioinformatics. I I don't think there's hardly a single reference in you know thirty chapters, to behavior or mental health, it's when when, when people in the biomedical informatics community talk about health information exchange, um, they're talking about maybe the maybe, certainly the body, sometimes the brain, but almost never the mind. So um, I'm I'm on kind of a mission to bring the mental part into the health information exchange. Now, the need for what I'm talking about, this kind of mental health information exchange, is um, very apparent now in what's going on in the uh, soldiers returning from Iraq. So we have a kind of an epidemic of uh, traumatic brain injury due to improvised explosive devices and post-traumatic stress disorder. In previous wars, like Vietnam, um, we had lots of post-traumatic stress disorder, but there was uh, much, much fewer uh, cases of traumatic brain injury. Um, now we've got both. And so a need to be able to communicate about these two conditions is um, is quite pressing. Um, let me give you a statistic that uh, I find uh, shocking and disturbing and I think we all should find this very disturbing the backlog of soldiers waiting for disability determination so these are people who are waiting for their disability to be rated in the VA and the DOD is 600,000 soldiers from various wars the backlog is 600,000 people what this means, once again to go to my dramatic title, is that soldiers are dying before their disability gets adjudicated. The only way this problem is going to be handled is with clinical decision support systems that disability examiners and healthcare care providers can use that will make this process more evidence-based and more efficient. But the um, the barrier, the largest barrier to implementing clinical decision support in, in mental and behavioral health is once again, I'm sounding a bit like a broken record, the lack of um, terminologies and ontologies. Um, the... The listeners, uh, you, you may find this surprising. Maybe you, you, you would not find this surprising. But as far as I can tell, I've been looking for about two years now. I have not found a single clinical decision support system in mental or behavioral health that is even close to adequate. Um, there, the, the state of clinical decision support in mental health is pretty much um, uh, based on clinical judgment of psychiatrists and psychologists and social workers and counselors um, with very little um, evidence-based mental health assessment going on. Over nine, this is my estimate uh, from having practiced in this field for over 30 years But I I would estimate that over 95% of the records kept by psychiatrists and psychologists in the community are handwritten paper charts that are undated, unsigned, have no diagnosis, rarely have a treatment plan, and, of course, are completely... Uh, you know, difficult to retrieve and not even close to anything related to what we're talking about with interoperability. There's another problem, as if we don't have enough. Here's another problem in the mental health arena. Mental health data are more sensitive than medical data according to our societal norms. So, A patient would uh, have much less concern about um, sharing um, um, medical data about um, an infection than they would sharing data about depression, suicidal thoughts, because when that information gets shared, it may be used against the person in a variety of ways. And so we now have uh, HIPAA, the Health uh, Portability Act, which has a lot of very strict controls over the exchange of health information. But in addition, there are different state regulations with regard to the release of mental health data or the release of substance abuse data. So even if I want to get a hold of a record that's a paper-based, handwritten note, which will be illegible anyway, Um, I can't even get the information without a signed release from the patient. So, the doctor who treated the patient, I want to get the records of, uh, Mr. Jones comes to see me and says he's depressed. Okay, have you seen anyone else? Yeah, I saw uh, Dr. Uh, Smith. Uh, I'd like to get Dr. Smith's records. Please sign this release. I sign. He signs the release. I fax it off. I get a paper-based record, which I can't even read. Um, if uh, and I'm lucky to even get that. Um, so the gap between that and interoperable mental health records is huge. Now I started off my with my story with a problem in the VA, but. This is ironic because the VA has got the best health record system, including the best mental health record electronic health system on the planet and what this slide says is what mental health information needs to be shared so i 'm going to try and make this you know more specific and concrete so people can really kind of get their hands around this so what what I was saying was that the problem I started with happened in the military. Um, uh, health system and in the VA, the VA has um, an electronic health record um, called Vista, or uh, has various names. The military has one called CPRS, ALTA and so on. Um, these records have been in use for for 20 years uh, or more, and um, the uh, the health information exchange within the VA and the DoD. Um, is improving um, uh, greatly. Uh, mu- much needs to be done. But within the, de- within the VA, it is possible for a primary care doctor to evaluate a soldier coming back um, from Iraq, uh, to give them a um, questionnaire in which they say they're depressed and suicidal, to send a referral immediately to mental health, And for all of it to work, most of the time, fairly seamlessly. Um, But even within this system, the problem still is we don't really have good terminologies for the assessment of suicide risk. Psychologists have developed the tests. We have a whole variety of tests that predict suicide risk. But the terminologies are all based on um, the specific test data, which is not a bad thing, that's a good thing, because we have what we call in psychology an operational definition. So I can say depression is um, a score above 30 on the Beck Depression Inventory. So the Beck Depression Inventory is a widely used test of uh, depression. It's, It's got, I don't know, 30, 35 items. A patient fills it out. And um, there's very good validity data that shows that people who are over the cutoff score um, um, would be diagnosed um, as de- depressed by uh, independent experts. Okay. So um, we we have this score, and so now I put it in my database in my statistical um software package, whatever it is, let's say it's SPSS or SAS or whatever it is, or I put it into um, Excel or Access, um, my coding for the score on the Beck Depression Inventory um, in my database or in my statistical package may be different than your coding and where you put it. and. This very simple, uh, concrete problem is a huge barrier to interoperability. So um, what, what I'm trying to do is to get the field of psychology, my field, to agree to some data standards for the representation of psychological test data in databases. And if we could start there, um, it would be a uh, tremendous uh, help towards interoperability. Um, Within psychology, we do have the advantage of the fact that we do have very advanced psychological testing. As, As I said before, psychological diagnostic testing is every bit as good as medical diagnostic testing in general. A fact that very few people know, even in in psychology. But um, what psychologists have done, is they've done uh, what they call systematic reviews or meta-analyses, and have looked at the predictability of things like uh, depression um, compared to medical diagnoses, and psychological tests stand up very well. So we've got tests, and what, what I'm doing is I have a group of psychologists who have either developed psychological tests, which I have myself, or have developed automated scoring programs for tests. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting this group who developed the tests to uh, create some data standards for representing the data from those tests and then I need to work with the ontology community to create uh, terminologies, controlled vocabularies, and ontologies to map the psychological test data uh, onto these various information models. So for example, um, let's be specific, and this will, I think, help you understand what I'm talking about. Let's go back to our example of depression. So one way to measure depression is you give someone a self-report test, the Beck Depression Inventory, and they say, uh, you know, true or false, I feel sad most days, I find myself crying a lot, life has no meaning, and so on. And you come up with this score. And over a certain threshold, we decide that they're depressed and they need treatment. And we have clinical practice guidelines for depression, So uh, the field of psychiatry and psychology have developed uh, excellent clinical practice guidelines for primary care physicians, for counselors, for mental health specialists about what to do if someone's over the threshold for depression. Okay, so I've given the Beck Depression Inventory. Now, another psychologist doesn't like to use the Beck Depression Inventory. They prefer to use the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory which is psychology's favorite test. It's a self-report test with about 550 items. It's been in existence for over 50 years. There are over 20,000 peer-reviewed articles on it. It's a phenomenal test. And within this test, there's a scale for depression. Not the same as the Beck Depression Inventory. It has some overlap, but it's not exactly the same. So, we need to have the psychologists who are using the MMPI depression scale to agree how to represent the data from the MMPI in databases and in terminologies. Okay. So, we've got two tests now that we have to represent. Now, the standard of, the gold standard for Um, Diagnosing depression would be a a semi-structured or structured interview conducted by a psychiatrist or a psychologist um, that goes over all the specific criteria for depression that are listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association and so if we if if we do a good semi-structured interview and we take notes during it and we record all the information we can pretty reliably diagnose different kinds of depression and we could separate out for example simple depression what's called unipolar depression from bipolar disorder which used to be called manic depression so bipolar or or manic depression is swinging between two emotional states of depression and mania or overexcitement. Whereas just pure depression is just depression. There's no mania. Okay? So we can make that differential diagnosis pretty well. And we have a code for that. It's just a number in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. So one's given one number and one is given another number. And that really is the extent of the granularity that we have because the criteria, the specific criteria that go into that differential diagnosis are not in the codes. Um, in other words, the, the, the number tells us what the diagnostic category is, but it tells us very little about the symptoms. So we have depression and we know that the incidence of suicide is increased in people who are depressed. Okay, but we have no standard terminology for suicidal thoughts, thinking, or risk. Okay, so our, practice, our clinical practice guidelines in psychiatry and psychology say that if someone has a major depressive disorder, they're really clinically depressed, the first line of treatment is an antidepressant medication, um, usually a, um, a, ser- a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, an SSRI, uh, which most people are familiar with, um, have heard about um, Prozac, and and Zoloft, and Paxil, and these are, are, are excellent drugs um, that are very widely used. Um, What's interesting is that, um, and Mike, uh, I hope you're going to weigh in here because this is going to get into your territory. So now let's shift to um, a primary care setting. And a uh, 17-year-old teenager comes in, a girl, and her boyfriend broke up with her. And she's clinically depressed and she's interviewed by a pediatrician or a primary care physician or an adolescent medicine specialist, and she meets all the criteria for depression, and uh, clinically they decide it makes most sense to follow the clinical practice guideline, which would be to start the uh, 17-year-old on um, an antidepressant. Okay, 999 out of a 1,000 times that is just fine, but about one out of a thousand adolescents—this this number is not exact. I'm, it, it's just—it's it, an estimate, really, to make a point. But assume that one out of a thousand adolescents who meet clinical criteria for depression, when given an antidepressant medication, become agitated, increase their suicidal thoughts, and are at increased risk of suicide how is our primary care physician or pediatrician supposed to distinguish between the one out of a thousand and the 999 out of a thousand, the one out of a thousand who is at risk of becoming more suicidal versus the 999 who will become less suicidal? So I... I, I assume you can see the problem here. We have the same diagnosis, depression. But the key information that bears on the risk of suicide is completely absent. It's, um, it's, it's not in the electronic health records. It's not in the terminologies. So what can we do about that? Um, What we can do is we need to, um, and this is Mike where you can come in again, is um, we need to really bring evidence-based medicine and evidence-based practice to the fields of uh, psychiatry, psychology, and mental health. And The way we're going to do that is by using state-of-the-art psychological diagnostic assessments which are rapid, cost-effective, and will produce data that will help us distinguish the one out of a thousand who becomes more suicidal. So I am a domain expert. I know a great deal about suicide, about depression, um, about psychological testing and diagnosis, what I need are terminologists and ontologists who will be able to take my information from psychological tests, represent it in standard terminologies, develop structured interviews that psychiatrists and psychologists can use so that uh, they have a, uh, a palm pilot. As I'm interviewing the person, um, I'm getting prompts on my little palm pilot I'm entering data, the data is going wirelessly into the server, things are being scored, I'm getting feedback um, from um, my scoring systems and my servers about what to do next, and all this is happening seamlessly while I'm interviewing someone. So now imagine me sitting with this patient, and I have my Palm Pilot, and I ask the patient, why are you here, and they say, My my boyfriend broke up with me. I'm feeling really depressed. I haven't been sleeping very well. Uh, I've been smoking a lot of pot. Um, You know, sometimes when my parents are gone, I drink their alcohol. um, And um, I ask them a series of standard questions. Uh, When did the depression begin? So you're looking for an, an onset. When my boyfriend broke up with me. Okay. So now we need a code for acute onset and we have a um, precipitating cause. That has to be indicated in, the, in, in a controlled vocabulary on my Palm Pilot or tablet DC. Then I ask them, um, have you ever been depressed before? And they say, yes, once before. And it turns out that she was depressed when she was 13 and that she actually had an eating disorder. Okay, so now I have to indicate that. Um, Then I come back to um, a review of depressive symptoms. And the key question is, have you ever felt so depressed that you felt like killing yourself? And... um, I might get about 20 or 30 different answers to that question with different patients. Some patients will pause and say, no, I could never do that to my parents. Let's say with this adolescent. Okay. Another one would say, um, well, sometimes I feel like, you know, I wish I'd just go to sleep and not wake up. Okay. The next question is, um, have you ever made any actual plans to kill yourself? Mm -hmm. And that's a key question because people who uh, are at greater risk of suicide um, are actually usually planning and usually give clues or tell someone about it, but not always. So there are no standard um, ways of representing this information coming from my clinical interview. Now, to make things more interesting, the patient denies suicidal thoughts and feelings. But on the Beck Depression Inventory and on the MMPI Depression Scale and on the Suicide Item Scales on the MMPI, they are endorsing true uh, to suicidal thoughts, feelings, intentions, and plans. So we have a fascinating um, observation about the human mind which I think will be uh, very interesting to many of you in computer science who haven't studied psychology. Human beings will admit things to a computer that they will not tell a doctor. Isn't that wonderful? So um, one of the wonderful things about psychological tests done on a computer is that a patient may be much less embarrassed or less guilty or for whatever reason more able to admit a suicidal thought on a psychological test that they're taking on a computer than when they're facing a doctor. So they're using the test to send a message to the doctor that they will not actually tell the doctor in a face-to-face meeting. Now, clinical psychologists and psychiatrists know this. And when that happens, um, uh, we take much more seriously what they said on the computer test than their denial of psychological uh, depression or suicidal thoughts on during the interview. So you can see the problem here. We need to be able to represent these kinds of discrepancies and these kinds of findings. These are these these are findings that are as robust as anything in medicine, yet we have no terminologies or controlled vocabularies or ontologies for them. So that's go through the rest of my slides and get more information about this but what I'm really most interested in is getting feedback from you the participants and the listeners about how to begin this process of creating terminology services and controlled vocabularies and ontologies to represent a mental state of depression and suicide risk, which, of course, is also a biological and physical and neurological and neurochemical state. So we need to bridge both the mind, the body, and the brain in our uh, hierarchies and databases and in uh, our terminologies to begin to represent this kind of phenomenon. So with that, I will stop and uh, just uh, throw it open to questions or um, uh, comments or observations or suggestions or advice that uh, that that the community can can give to me about the best way to to solve this problem. Thank you very much, Dr. R- Dr. Rosenberg.
0: It was a very enlightening uh, briefing. Uh, so we, uh, I, I got a note from Rex Brooks saying that uh, he is actually in the airport traveling. I mean, amazingly enough, I mean, so many of our panelists are, are traveling, and he said he has trouble holding a phone line for more than a few minutes, so he apologizes to everyone. So, uh, on that, uh, we are opening, going into the next segment, which would be the, uh, Q&A and, uh, and op- open discussion and remarks segment. Uh, for those who are with us the first time, the drill like this, uh, let's try to line everyone up uh, first, and then we could sort of take people's remarks or questions one at a time. Uh, and so if you would like to uh, speak, please press a 1-1 one, one on your uh, keypad now, and uh, that would sort of uh, end up showing as a raised hand uh, on our screen, and then we could uh, try to uh, approach uh, each and every one, uh, hopefully, uh, within our time limit. Uh, We have to end at uh, 3.30 Eastern Time or 12.30 Pacific Time. Um, So if you would like to make a remark, uh, please, Put your hands up by pressing a one one now. Uh so far I see two hands and uh three now. Uh let's start with the person from a three one oh area code number ending in nine six seven one. So uh, please press a star three to unmute yourself, uh, speak up, I mean, make sure we can hear you, and then start by introducing yourself and uh, fire off. Person from 310 area code with a number ending in nine six seven one. Actually, only one person from 310, so if you're in the 310 area code, uh, that's you. Press the uh, star 3 to unmute yourself. So, I mean, that's for our system, but you might have muted your own phone, so make sure you... This is Dixie
7: Baker. This is Dixie okay, Baker. I can hear
0: you now. Uh, go ahead.
7: Okay, I'm sorry. I, I knew I had physically unmuted my phone. I'm Dixie Baker from SAIC, and... Um, my question has to do, has my response and question has is for Saul. Um, first, I want to just commend you for an excellent presentation, and I I think you are certainly addressing a, a very very serious issue that is of critical concern to the VAM the the um, uh, DOD right now. Um, first of all, I wanted to comment that the DSM seems to be a, a an inappropriate place to start just because it's kind of diagnosis in its name and any kind of symptom uh you know shouldn't be misinterpreted as diagnosis. Uh, but I but my question had to do with uh about six uh, six or eight months ago the uh Department of Veterans Affairs released an RFI um relating to asking for responses for ideas for developing an ontology that would that would help them identi- uh, more easily diagnose traumatic brain injury injuries uh with the returning soldiers and i was wondering whether number one you're aware of that and number two whether anybody on this call knows what what uh terminology or coding would be used could be used in building such an ontology it, it seems it seems illogical that the VA would ask for it unless there were some terminology that could be used.
2: Uh, this is this is Salt Dixie. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, uh, the the VA and the DoD have been putting out lots of uh, different grant requests. Uh, I wasn't particularly aware of that one. Um, uh, I've met with one of your colleagues at Saic. Um, Oh, i blocking her name, um, to talk about the pre-deployment questionnaire. Uh, so SIC is actually working in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, there really are no terminologies or ontologies for traumatic uh, brain injury that, uh, or, or post-traumatic stress disorder that are agreed upon. Um, in the civilian world, uh, traumatic brain injury and, and post-concussive syndrome are a subject of enormous controversy, so we really have to kind of um, build this terminology from from scratch. The, um, there are uh, certainly definitions of traumatic brain injury uh, from the um, you know American Neurological Association that are, are you know they're, they're certainly good definitions but there's a lot of controversy about them. And um, there, there are many different symptom sets. Um, and clinicians, the the problem in, in medicine in general and psychiatry and psychology in particular is that um, clinicians really differ a tremendous amount in the application of clinical judgment when they're making very complex differential diagnoses. So... The, the field is really very much lacking. Um, the domain experts need to get together with the um, with uh, ontologists and um, experts in semantic operabil- interoperability to create this because it does not exist now.
3: I'd like this, is Mike Cummins. I'd like to add Saul to um, your comments in regard to Dixie's question. Uh, Certain terminology is a key part of it, but as pointed out in the example with the depression saw, the information model is perhaps equally or more important. What you, you gave was the uh, teenage girl with um, depression or depressive symptoms. You pointed out the importance of attaching a statement as to whether this was acute or not and to also specifying the precipitating factor as being of little importance. And this is what I'm referring to as the information model, how Mm -hmm. key relevant pieces of information are structured together into higher order collections of information. Uh,
4: I'm
3: focused on terminology, but... um, to actually implement this, the information model development is going to be of at least equal importance.
7: And how you represent the nodes in that information model.
3: Absolutely,
6: absolutely.
5: Hi, uh, Dixie, this is Cecil. Lynn. Hi. Hi there. Uh, and obviously I can comment to an extent to that, that, uh, specific VA proposals as we responded to that. Uh, I can tell you that they, uh, they decided to pull that uh but specifically they required the terminologies within the VA terminology services and that was snomed um and the coverage in snomed for that is actually fairly good um, it needs the hierarchy needs some work uh but uh, it, it covers a, a very wide variety of uh, specific clinical findings that can occur with traumatic brain injury and, and subdivides those relatively well, although the hierarchy could, could, as I think you can say about any part of SNOMED, could use some reworking. But um, uh, I, I think they got uh, – theirs was a proof of concept of their terminology services to, to actually be able to – look at that from the drug side of things as well. So they were using RxNorm for that. The, I'll, I'll
0: stop there until Peter calls on me, my number. Okay, th- thank you, Cecil. Actually, you, you're next in line. I mean, you, I saw your hands up, I mean, all, all along. So uh, I mean, let, let's ask Dixie, are you uh, reasonably satisfied with the answers?
8: Yeah, uh, obviously
0: everyone could continue to exchange over the mailing list or since most of you probably know one another already, you could uh, discuss offline as well. Uh, obviously if you do that online, I mean, the rest of the community gets the benefit of the discussion. So, uh, thank you for your, your question, Dixie, and for the remarks, uh, to the answers from Saul, uh, Mike, and Cecil. So, uh, Cecil, your question or remarks?
5: Sure. So, uh, two remarks. One um, for Mike Cummins. It it seems to me in um, part of your discussion that your requirements from the terminology model and expectations for that seems to me to bleed over a bit into uh, the information model for how you would carry that terminology. Um, and so that if we actually went down to the level that you'd requested, I would. It, it seems almost that it would be overloading the terminology a bit. Could you comment on that? Yeah, and I probably
3: would prefer to go in the other direction, as I think you're suggesting. Uh, on the other hand, I think many of the... Uh, the technologies are, as you would say, overloaded on the information model side. Um, you know, I can think of uh, Medicine, for example, has an awful lot of information model content in our terminology. And you can point to areas um, in Snowhead no CT where there's quite a bit of information model loaded into the terminology. Um, so I agree. I, my preference would be to move in as much of a direction of a clear distinction, if possible, between the uh, terminology and the information model.
5: Uh, I know this is an issue from uh, the HL7 perspective uh, for messaging data that we deal with quite frequently about constraining what goes into the vocabulary
8: or terminology set
5: and what goes into the message, um, typically in the information model. My, my second um, really comment to try and address Saul's question, Saul, have you looked at SNOMED for uh, the issues of uh, suicide terminology that you had brought up? Because it, it certainly um, has uh, quite a bit uh, as far as at risk for uh, suicide is one of the things you brought up. That's a concept there that can be modified since it's a clinical finding by acuity. Um, and it, it it's certainly, I think, provides a fairly good starting point uh, for you to contribute to. And the, the second issue is, as you look at this from the perspective of uh, trying to look at standards being applied to survey instruments and and other uh concepts that you deal with within psychology and psychiatry uh, i would urge you to uh, maybe talk to tom white uh i don't know if tom's on this call or not but uh tom white is with the uh the new york state department of mental health and is an informaticist there and has done a great deal of work on uh standardization of uh Uh, bringing the survey instruments into LOINC coding uh, for the individual questions so that that could be uh, databased with a code rather than just a a, a representation of the the raw question, and it allows you also to map uh, the different surveys together. He also has uh, done quite a bit on uh, uh, standardizing the guidelines and the psychs instruments and, and, and quite a bit, and he's very active in this area, and I would urge you to, uh, talk to, to him, and uh, I've got your email address. I can send you some contact information for Tom White that I think would be helpful in your work. And then finally, the, uh, I, the uh, state of California, where you're currently at, has a, a group that you might want to be involved with um, that's being uh, sponsored by the Department of Mental Health uh, here, and it, it's called the CalMEND Project and I'll send you some information on that as well, which is all about uh, trying to provide a standardized uh, way to integrate data across the mental health. Uh, specifically, uh, they're looking at uh, schizophrenia, but, but uh, it's, it's just a starting point, and I'd like to extend that further.
2: Uh, Cecil, this is exactly the kind of uh, information I was hoping to uh, get from, uh, from this call. Uh, That's extremely uh, useful, Uh, particularly um, the the New York State Department of Mental Health has been um, a leader in uh, psychiatric research and psychiatric uh, survey work for decades. It's a fabulous department. I'm delighted to hear that there's someone there who's been working on this, it sounds like. that would be an excellent contact and uh, i'm very interested in in the um... uh... the department of mental health uh, project i hadn't uh, heard of that um, I, I do have quite a few contacts in, in the mental health department and in, in the state of california and i'll definitely look into that um, I, you know i had looked at, at, at the snowmed um, suicide uh... uh terms um, and you know y- y- you're right. There certainly are, are some terms there that are just, you know, just not nearly granular enough, and they're not linked enough to. Um, there's there's no easy way to link them that I could see to uh, psychological uh, test data. So it's 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 it's, it's more. Um, and I have to learn more about SNOMED CT. I'm not an expert in it. But from what you're saying, it sounds like it might be good enough to start with. I mean, uh, from your perspective, on for, for something like uh, traumatic brain injury or TBI or, or depression or post-traumatic stress disorder, is, is SNOMED CT as good a place to start really as any? Is there anything else even... Uh, worth looking at in terms of creating a um, a, a data standard.
5: Well, I, uh, I, I,
3: would, I would like to comment on that, um, Saul. So, you know, I, I would agree with uh, Cecil's comments. Um, so I, I, I had... Um, yeah. I've done a couple of queries of SNOMED uh, during your presentation, and there, there certainly are a number of the specifics that you had mentioned in SNOMED. And as Cecil had said earlier, and I had said in my talk, there are a number of hierarchical issues, and some of those jumped out right away. So I think it's a good starting point, and I really don't know of any other good starting point to um, begin to structure this information.
2: Well, that's, you know, that's, that's this is all that's, that's mm-hmm. uh, helpful, and I think. Um, You know, I have been looking into SNOMED CT. I've been, uh, maybe some of you know Eric Mays. Um, He was at Apollon for a long time and worked on SNOMED CT when it was beginning, and and he is working with me to try and develop uh, some of these terminologies in SNOMED CT. So I've got a, you know, a a major expert in that area. Um, And it it really looks like that's probably the best place to start. So that's... um, useful information for me so
0: thank, thank you Cecil uh, we are about uh, we have eight more minutes and I have three hands up so next person in line is someone from the area code 313 uh, it's the only 313 person uh, if you unmute yourself with a star three and also make uh, sure you unmute your own phone and go ahead
6: Peter, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, okay. Go ahead. I have a couple of very quick comments. Which uh, could you are. introduce yourself first, Uh oh, I'm Dr. Ravi Sharma. I'm a physicist and also an IT specialist working as senior enterprise architect, also dealing with business process modeling at Vengeance. It's a company that does a lot of federal contracts. In the IT and EA arena, especially things like Centers for Medicare Services, etc., healthcare architecture. So my colleagues are involved more deeply in those than I am. However, I have the following observations as I've been following in Peter's various COP activities. Um, one comment is that Your specific case of a traumatic behavior from war-torn area is a very, very demanding application. It is not a normal civil society in which people grow here and carry the entire behavioral pattern of their life. They are subjected to cross-cultural traumatic events for which a degree of preparation would help alleviate lot of stress and trauma. Further, it is coupled with physical loss, like loss of a limb or a part or a body who is close enough. So it's a non-normal behavioral, pathological situation for even for normal psychologists to study human behavior. <laughs> so that is one comment. Second is, Uh, tools that we develop as IT specialists, as business process modelers, they don't understand the process of mind and mind-brain interaction very closely. That's the responsibility of the vertical community of practicing psychologists and psychiatrists and mental health specialists. They need to come up with namespaces, keywords, and concepts that will help guide IT tools to present various uh, options, not like one million such findings in search engines, but some finite selectable options from which the specialist would decide the case to which a particular subject of study is being subjected to. So are you familiar with case-based reasoning tools? They can help you. I'm addressing both Mike, uh, Mark Wine's question as well as Sol's comments and questions for decision support systems. Uh, that, that's,
1: system. that, that, that's a great question, um, that, that I'm, I'm eager to hear the answer related to some of those opening remarks I made about, uh, the mind-body, uh, bio, and, uh, neuroscience arena. Can Sol answer that
6: question? In a written form to Peter, which I hope Peter mm-hmm. would kindly distribute to you all. Great. Sir, so that you can – but this is just, uh, you know, working notes while I was listening to you. So I can refine them further if there is interest. But my request is that as we do in e-commerce community, we do reasonably automatic determinations. And as Fair Isaac and SAS kind of tools that provide decision support automated tools, They can be customized. You would definitely need a customized uh, decision support system for war-torn veterans, believe me, sir, because even for normal behavioral sciences, we are not in IT at that level yet. But as we develop our cognitive and other tools, we can assist you in more refined ontologies taxonomies and classifications
2: hello could, could you send me hello. an individual email about this with your contact information i'd like to follow up this discussion
6: yes peter i have sent you my notes uh, in an email to you and i request okay. you to kindly could, could you follow spell your name this is
2: Saul again could you spell your name
6: oh yes i'm ravi dr ravi sharma R-A-V-I-S-H-A-R-M-A, Sharma.
5: Yes. There's uh, a, lot,
6: a lot of baggage of what you have told us today, so we need to absorb it. But certainly there is a case for developing a custom solution addressable especially to the VA area and war-torn veterans area. Uh, mind, body, <laughs> Neuro interactions have been studied over five thousand years, and we don't have that much of great classification systems
2: uh, this is salt thank you for uh, those comments that's uh, that's very helpful i uh, i I have not explored the whole field of case based reasoning um and um perhaps that would be a a good place to start with something as complex as um uh, combined psychological and brain trauma.
6: And uh, there, is a, there is a study done by All India Institute of Medical Sciences in the neuro stru- stress trauma brain stem injury case, especially leading to brain stem injury. And they mm-hmm. say that if you speak pleasing words that the person perceives from their past lives and speak them very loudly into their ears, there is a response in almost neurologically very weak cases like the coma. So, of course, that's not applicable here, but maybe in some cases it is. So there are there a are lot of studies in the past that can probably help a little bit in decision support, but decision support systems will have to be custom-tailored for this. And case-based reasoning is a simple tool which takes you step-by-step step in converging towards an answer. Oh,
0: right, uh, in, in, uh, in the interest of making sure everyone has a chance to speak, uh, maybe if we would look forward to uh, Ravi to send us your remarks, by posting it to the, uh the ontolog forum
6: list uh oh, Ravi, I you are can actually send an email to you
0: no you're actually not a member of this community yet uh we have membership information at the wiki homepage uh if you go to the membership section uh please sort of follow the uh the the, the, the description there uh and and then once you subscribe, then we could, uh, openly discuss these things, uh, on the mailing list.
6: Oh, I sent you by email already my comments.
0: Alright. Okay. but, I will, but, but do, I, I, will,
6: I will do what you say. Yes, I would hope that since, since we yes, I want do. to properly
0: attribute the, uh, the, 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 the remarks to you, so it would be best if you post that yourself. Oh, i Okay. All, right. All right, let's go on to the other person who has his hand up for a long time. That uh, He's uh, identified as Sam Hurd, dot OI. Uh If you unmute yourself with a star three, uh, then please speak up. Yeah. Sam?
8: Hello, is Sam Hurd here?
0: Yes, um, uh, we can hear you stated? now. Go ahead. All okay.
8: right. Okay. Um, I guess I just um, I'm from Ocean Informatics Australia. I've been in the E H S and EHR and I work with Tom Beale who I think's been on Um I guess I was just putting in a plug for simplifying interoperability by everybody's been talking about the information model a lot. And uh the work that's going on in the UK NHS is all about trying to standardise this and find the right interface between terminology and uh, information models and expressing uh, a rich, high-fidelity information model um, that can be adapted to other systems but used as it is. And uh, using the moment they are in the EHR, uh, model which is based on the European standard. And I think, you know, we're not probably going to make much more progress if we just look to terminology standards to get this working. So that's all I wanted to say. And uh, so, you know, to, I understand in America you're very committed to, you know, you've got a single system in your environment or two systems which simplifies the world. But it don't. Kind of get to the heart of the problem, I guess, and let's past that.
3: Uh, this is my comments here. I'd like to um, support your comments, Sam. I've been following the work you've been doing with uh, Open EHR, and I, I think I would um, support your argument that here in the states we've had somewhat of an underappreciation of the role of information, uh, on uh, vocabulary terminology alone as a solution to the interoperability issue and definitely am um, pleased to see the work being done in the open source environment along these lines with OpenEHR
8: Thank you
0: okay. Thank you, Sam Thank you Oh, Peter uh, the, here, one remark to, to Rafi Sharma, I did receive your email uh uh, just, just one uh, comment is you labelled the document a NASA ontology health informatics. Uh, this is not part of the NASA Ontolog event. Uh, this actually is a a regular uh, Ontolog uh, discussion panel discussion session, uh, and of course related to. Uh, our, uh, the part of our community who is dealing with the health informatics uh, area, uh, the NASA ontolog uh, KMWG uh, initiative is called OKMS. That's in knowledge management and decision support. So I just wanted to draw the distinction um, here.
6: Thank so going you. to Thank the time l- time
0: Yes, going to the last person who has his hands up. Uh, for a while uh, that is person from 301 with the 8138 number that's probably uh, Mark Wine who came back and joined us is that you Mark?
1: Uh, Maybe uh, is is this time to close I see that it's past 3.30 well maybe I could wrap things up
0: right Um, please do that
1: I want to um, first thank all of the participants and the community and guests who participated and, and asked wonderful questions um, moving forward and next steps, I would encourage people to try to follow up on uh, individually uh, or as organizations or agencies uh, to get in touch with our speakers to learn more about um, their actual um, plans, development and projects uh, that entail uh, open source and uh, developing and testing and advocating the use of semantic, Interoperable software and ontology tools. For example, I just got off a teleconference uh, between the VA um, Infectious Disease uh, Office, uh, the uh, Director of uh, Public Health and Informatics Office, Dr. Les Leonard at CDC, and uh, leaders um, and consultants from of representing Global Biosurveillance, the DoD Essence System, um, where 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 they're going to. Uh, begin to identify specific issues that will enhance or enable, enable interoperability involving ontologies and rules-based algorithms and programming uh, so that we can have a greater integration of the, the broad range and diversity across the country now of systems from states and local governments and institutions like Mayo Clinic and others um, that uh, feed in data uh, for the public health population repositories into the CDC, Biosense, Biosense, Essence, BioWatch, EpiX. these different um, electronic health, population health, uh, and biosurveillance systems need to go to the next step. They're exchanging data, CDC mentioned within the last, just the last year, they're now able to receive data from these different diverse systems that have emerged through the great nationwide health IT mission uh, across the country, and even data from uh, globally, say, from Canada, where, for example, I uh, had the pleasure of moderating a um, panel discussion of, uh, at the Canadian Embassy about a month ago involving the leadership of the uh, Global Health Uh, Intelligence Network from Canada, um, and the uh, Global Health Essence System from DOD, um, and the VA's, uh, uh, an example from the VA, uh, optimization of the use of VISTA data for identifying bioterrorist events through the VISTA database. Um, Those uh, leaders uh, representing those systems uh, were on the panel, and the comment that um, uh, one of the leaders, a leader from the Canadian uh, system, uh, commented uh, to me was that we send information south, but information doesn't come back. This represents the cutting edge of the next step of where we have to go, and I would encourage that semantic interoperable software and ontology tools, open source, focused on leveraging the, the, the top issues and priorities of the day, like. Uh, making things better for those who have served and come back with uh, traumatic brain injuries um, and making things more uh, collaborative and and transparent in real time using web services in the shared services SOA environment. These kinds of efforts that Rex, Mike, and Saul talked about today, uh, please connect up with them and watch out for for, uh, more emerging news thank you very much
0: thank you very much mark uh, for organizing and uh, running this session inviting the wonderful panel to share their insights with us and uh, uh, since we already ran over time uh, so we'll look forward to people uh, continuing the dialogue, uh, over, uh, the forum or independently.